so this is the second and final of my series on Amazing Grace. Luke is going to be back next week, hopefully, back from baby whatever it is you do when you have a baby. Maternity leave. Paternity leave. Yeah. Uh, so he'll be back. We'll be back in our normal series next week, I believe. But this week, we're going to the last of two sermons on Amazing Grace. This one's Sinners with Hope. Last week, we talked about Sinners without hope. So I'm going to read Ephesians 2. Verses 1 through 10 to get us started here. And our, our passage is Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 10. But I'll start in verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, or by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let me pray for our time. Lord, as we come before you humbly, we come before you just knowing that there's nothing in us intrinsically that merits your goodness, that that is deserving of any of your grace. Lord, thank you so much that you do give grace. Thank you so much that you are a good God and that you have provided a way of salvation. Lord, as, as we come here, to your word, I pray that our hearts would be soft, that our hearts would be receptive to your word, and that we would be able to just worship you in awe and wonder of who you are and how great you are. I pray this things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So if you worked here last week, we went on verses 1 through 3. Uh, or if you were here last week and you're like me and you got home and you got to your bed and you forgot what it was we talked about, uh, and we talked about verses one through three, talked about sin, uh, how we're dead in our sin, how we are children of wrath, how we need God to save us. All right, we talked about how how God is holy, He is set apart from us, He is unlike us, and that there is has to be a just penalty for our sin. We talk about how serious it was, the sin in our lives, and how we need to repent of our sin in order to have a right standing with Christ. So that is that is where this passage starts off. In those first three verses, it's, it's in the sin. It's in how wicked 
we are before God. This section right here, we're talking about today, is mainly speaking to the believer. This is sinners with hope. Right? This is, if you are a believer, if you have been saved, then this is your life in Christ. This is the hope that you have, the grace that has been poured out on your life, the, the things he would have you do with your life. That's what this, what this passage is on. So if you are approaching this as an unbeliever tonight, if you're here as an unbeliever, then this is not where your life is, but it's where your life could be if you repent of your sin and, and focus on Christ. Uh, so if, if you're not a believer here tonight, then then think about how God's grace could impact your life, how, how he could uh, save you and change your life. Starting in verse 4, but God, where we picked, left off last time. If you remember these, these two words, so you have, we're dead in our sins, we're children of wrath like the rest of mankind, trapped and slave, and then there's these two words, but God. He has come into our lives, he has redeemed us, saved us, made us alive together with him. These two words should be very encouraging to you if you're a believer. As I, as I mentioned last week, it's very encouraging to me. It's two most encouraging words, the best words in the Bible, I think. Uh, but God. And, and this, is, this is when sometimes as a believer, we can have despair creep into our souls. We can see our sin. We can see how bad we are. And we can see just, just how, how wicked our sin can be. And sometimes we can, can hear the devil's, devil's lies in our ears. Oh, you're worthless. You're, you're horrible. You're bad. How can God love you? You're just such a wicked sinner. And we can hear those lies, and it can cause us to despair. And then you can, we can remember these words. Like, but, but God. Like, God did this. God, God has saved me. God has redeemed my life from the pit. Like, yes, I was a horrible, wicked sinner, but, but God, he has saved me. He has redeemed me. And so these are two very encouraging words to repeat to yourself, to preach to yourself when you, you see how wicked you are and you feel that, that pit of despair in your stomach. You just say, yeah, but God, but God has saved me. God has, has covered my sin. God has, has redeemed me. It doesn't matter how, how bad I've been messed up. I've been, I've been redeemed. I've been saved by the creator of the universe. They're purchased by his blood on the cross, I'm part of his eternal family. I get to be his son or his daughter. Um, that's that's what we need to be preaching to ourselves. When you when you feel that doubt, when you, when you feel that despair as a believer, that's where that's where our hearts need to go. That's where our minds need to go. And we can't get just, just stuck in that. Like when I see my sin, I, I'm a. There's two types of people generally. There's a type of people who sees their sin like, oh, I've been freed, and just like kind of puts it off to the side more. And then there's the other extreme where I am in the camp of, where I see my sin and I, I can wallow in it. I can feel despair in it. And I can just beat myself up over it. And that's, that's wrong as well because we've been forgiven. We have, have grace in Christ. So I hope, hope that you can, can find your hope in Christ. If you're, if you're not a believer, then this is where... You need, you need to go. This is where you need to change. If you, if you haven't experienced 
but God in your life. If you haven't experienced God redeeming you and saving you and haven't had that, that moment in your life, then, then you need to go there. You need to find the Savior. You need to repent of your sin in order to be saved. Despite everything that we have done, God forgives us. It's not, last week we talked about, it's not about how good we could be in this life. It's about how good God is. How good he has been. This is uh, Passover week, as is touched on, Easter week coming up. Uh, today is the first day, if you are uh, observing, observing Jew, then this is the first day of Passover. Connor, you're not observing Jew, but you, you're yeah, Jewish I'm heritage. You're observing it at Passover. <laughs> um, so this is the, fir- the first uh, day of Passover. And so this is, this is a, a good passage uh, for that. If you remember, back in the Old Testament, in Exodus, you have the... Israelites, they're, they're stuck in Egypt. They're slaves to Egypt. And God says, let my people go. That speaks through Moses. And you have the ten plagues. Tenth plague is the death of the firstborn. And so in, um, in that plague, before that happened, God tells Israel's, Israelites to kill a lamb, sacrifice a lamb, Take the blood from the lamb and put it on the lentils and the two doorposts. And he would, and the angel of the Lord came by. He would see that blood and pass over that house. So the angel of the Lord's coming down, coming down, and he sees oh, there's blood on this house. There's on this wood up here, there's there's blood. And that that blood on the wood s- symbolized that there was a sacrifice made. So the angel of the Lord passed by that house. And then would go into the house of the Egyptians and kill the firstborn. Um, after that, God had him, had him remember this. Remember this Passover, where God passed over the houses of the Israelites. This is a, something that they keep in their minds year after year, uh, this remembrance. And we celebrate Easter right now. This Easter, the Resurrection Sunday, and all that that happened same time frame as the Passover. That was a, Passover is a picture. There's pictures in, in the Bible uh, foretelling of Christ, types of Christ. Uh, Richard did a type of Christ, conveniently, huh? pretty good, uh, with, the, with the bronze serpent of Moses holding up the bronze serpent. Uh, and they would look at the bronze serpent as, as we need to look to Christ to save us from our sin. So this is also a type of Christ in that in the same week, Passover week, Christ became our, our Passover lamb. He was held up on a tree, on, on wood. There's blood on wood. Uh, and God saw that blood and passed over those who believe in him. Those who, who claim that blood as their own. So that's, this is perfect, perfect for us is... Reflecting on on the death of Christ, this is the week. And on Good Friday, right? This is Good Friday coming up, and on Good Friday, that's when we remember Christ dying uh, on the cross. So this is Passover week, and we get to see just how 
how much God has saved us. And so as, as you're going through this week, remember that. On Good Friday, remember uh, Christ's sacrifice. Remember his death and his burial. And on, on Sunday, we'll remember his, his resurrection. This is, this is something to prepare us, to keep us, keep us in, in that mindset. Looking at the redeemed state, this is verses five through nine. So this is this is the bulk the bulk of our our time tonight is in verses five through nine. And the first thing here is is grace. You see see it a couple times in the, in this section here. It says even when we're dead, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And then later in verse eight it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing; it is a gift of God. And so grace is our first one. So we need to we'll look at our, our state as, as believers, as the redeemed by God. Uh, grace is, you can reference it by its acronym. Some people say G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. That's a, it's a, Good acronym to remember it by. You just look at the word and then you just, oh, God's riches at Christ's expense. Just spells it out. Uh, or unmerited favor. But it is, it, it's, a, it's a free, undeserved gift. It's something that we don't deserve. We, we saw last week what we deserve, right? It was hell. We merited hell. We merited uh, eternal punishment. And then grace is the opposite. It's getting something that we don't deserve. It's a, it's a free gift. We don't deserve it. We're just giving it freely. We serve serve a good God. He doesn't have to be gracious. God could be God without grace as one of his attributes. He could be holy. He could be just. He could be uh, righteous. He could be sovereign, creator, omnipotent. So all these things, but what makes him a good God is that he, he's a gracious God. He doesn't have to be gracious. He doesn't have to be good to us. But he chooses to. He chooses. That's his, part of his nature, who, who he is. He's just a good God. And he, he freely gives us good things. It's not just like... He begrudgingly, like, all right, you twist my arm, I'm, I'm going to give you give you something good here. He freely gives us good things, and, and we we forget that in our lives. We can forget that with salvation. We can become uh, tone deaf to that. We can just hear salvation over and over again, and just like, oh yeah, salvation, whatever, or just treat it like a, a ticket to heaven. But. We can't become desensitized to that. It's amazing how much he has forgiven us, how much he has given us in Christ. And all, not only that, he's given us so many other other free free gifts, so many other good things in our lives, and we can become dissatisfied with that in our lives. As I was preparing this message, it was a couple weeks ago now, um, I was preparing it just before I was sitting down to... Uh, to write this, I just felt like everything was just going wrong in, in my eyes. And 
Um, There's just little, little things, but they pile up. Uh, just been, I got to the point where I was just very depressed. Uh, just, just one thing after another, car stuff was going on. Uh, it seemed like future ministry stuff was, wasn't going to happen. Um, and then just had another house offer rejected. Stuff is hard at home right, right now because my wife is just very sick um, from pregnancy. So she's, she's good. She's, um, We're all like She's just she's pregnant. Uh, uh, so it was just one thing after another. And just got to the point just right before I was sitting down. I got the, the text that the, the house offer we were trying to get uh, fell through. And it was just, it was like, man, it was like just one thing after another. Uh, right now, it, it doesn't seem as, as big of a deal as I say it, but at that moment, it was very hard. And I was, I was in, in a pit of despair, just like, like when, when am I going to get something good, Lord? I, I, I can't catch a break here. Just everything is just against me. I, why can't I have a good thing? Um, and just, just questioning, just, yeah, why, why can't I have good gifts? You say you're going to give us good gifts. You say you're a good God and gracious, but where's my good gifts? Um, and it, it's silly, uh, but it, it's, it's real. Sometimes we have things like that in our lives where we just feel like I'm just not getting, getting good things. Um, but then... I was reminded just how much I have been given, you see, in, in salvation. As I was going through this passage, how much I've been forgiven, how gracious God has been to me in my life. Then you start counting your blessings. If you, if you haven't done it in a while, take the time to go through your life and see what good things has God given you. I'm, I'm complaining because I don't, I don't have a house, but I have an amazing place where I'm staying right now. It's been awesome. It's a great location. It's been it's been a big blessing for us. I'm complaining that my I'm in car issues, and I still have a great car. I've, I still have another car that's, that's going great. Um, I just uh, complaining about this future ministry stuff, but, but I'm preparing to teach and serve, and I, I have ministry opportunities here. And so it's there's things we can complain about, but there's so many good things that we can forget. There's so many. Good things God has given us. I complain that my wife is has been being sick and, uh, and that's been a struggle. But then just praise God for the baby inside of her that's that's causing this. Um, and it's just there's just so many different things that we can just forget of how good God is. So whenever whenever we are tempted to complain, whenever we're tempted to be depressed or feel feel down about uh, things in our life. Take time to remember what God has done for you, all the good things He has given to you, because He is a good God, He's a gracious God, and we're just forgetful people. And when you're depressed, you don't want to be comforted. I don't want to be comforted when I'm depressed. I just want to sit in my depression for a little bit, uh, feel sorry for myself. Uh, but you have to preach the gospel to yourself. You have to have people around you who can preach the gospel to you, remind you of the good God, the good God we serve, and how how many blessings we have been given. We live in one of the best places in the world, um, and and it's 
We've been given so much just around us, just living in this area. So many freedoms, so many good things, and we just can take it for granted because we don't know what life is like other places around the world. If we went where Dubon lives, I'm sure we'd be very thankful for the, the, the amazing things God has given us. Uh, and even there, he, he's very thankful because God is still good to him there. And he's given him so many, so many blessings there. No matter where we are, God is good. And grace is going back to grace and salvation. We've been, we've been saved. Salvation is not, not earned. It's given freely. If you look ahead, it says, it's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Sometimes you'll hear people teaching that salvation is, you have to earn it. You have to do something. God does 90%. He'll get you 90%, and then you just got to do a little bit to get the extra 10. Uh, if, you just, if you just trust him enough, if you just like can move forward to him, uh, then, then, then you'll complete the 100%. But it's not that at all. We, we talked about last week, we're dead. We're dead in trespasses and sins. You can't raise up and try to reach forward, reach for Christ. He, he grabs you and pulls you violently from your grave. It's, it's God doing all the work. It's all God. There's nothing that we could ever do. And so it's no works. It's not up to us to do enough good things. It's not up to enough us to... Uh, try to earn anything with God. Even as a believer, we can we can try to do that. Even as a believer, when I'm not getting what I want, I'm just thinking, oh, maybe I should just pray harder. Maybe I sh- I need to uh, live a holier life. Maybe if if I if I just um, was more giving of myself with my money and my time, then maybe uh, God would also be giving to me. Uh, that's temptations that go in my mind when I'm depressed. When, when I was in that place a couple weeks ago, those things pop in my mind. I'm just like, maybe, maybe I'm just doing something wrong here. I just need to switch it up. I just need to, need to do something else, and maybe, maybe God will answer my prayers. That's, that's false. That's, that's a false gospel. That's not true at all. There's no, there's no amount of me doing something that's going to earn me favor with God, that's going to finally unlock his promises to me. It's, it's none of that. It's, that's why it's called grace. It's a free gift. It, his, his goodness to you is, is free. He's not a God who's just like, oh, I'm just waiting for them to say the right thing, or then I'll, then I'll finally give it to him. If only he would say that right thing. If only he would say the right prayer. If only he would do it. Then I could save him. Then I could give him this, these free things. Uh, God's not like that at all. He, he knows what we need. And what I think I need doesn't always line up with, with God's plan. God's plan's better. God's plan is, is far better, better than I can imagine. And we just can't see it sometimes. We need to reset our minds. We need to take time in the scriptures and just see who God is, what, what he has for us. And this, the whole Bible, 
leads to, to this, this grace. The Old, the Old Testament sets the stage. I, I love the Old Testament. I don't think people read it enough. I keep referencing it. Um, but it sets the stage for, for our sin and, and who God is. And, every, and all these things, like we, I was talking earlier about those types that Richard and I mentioned. Uh, there's so many types just pointing towards Christ, pointing towards the time where God would be gracious to us, save us from our sin, free us from this, from this life uh, of misery and sin that we're in. And in the New Testament, it's obviously pointing back to, back to Christ or in the, in, the, um, in the Gospels, Christ is there. But the whole Bible is about salvation. It's about Christ, God, entering in, saving us from our sin. And only, only Christ's sacrifice on the cross could make us right with God because he is both God and man. He is the God-man who's eternally lived with the Father as the Son, who was born, entered in this world, took on humanity, added it to himself, and lived that perfect life. That was, that was the quota, right? God says you have to be perfect. You have to be holy as I am holy. And keep these commands and laws, and we could not ever attain that. So only Christ, who has kept that perfectly, only his blood as the eternal weight for our eternal sin, because he's eternal, uh, he's God, and only he could, could pay for that. Only he could make us right with God. And not only have we been saved, we've been raised. He's raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places. He raised us up. He not only was gracious towards us and saved those who believe, he took it a step further. He raised us up. We have new life in him. It's not just we've been saved on this, on this earth, not just that we've been forgiven on this earth, We've been raised up. We get to be have this eternal life inside of us and get to be with him forever. Our relationship with God continues after we die. It's not just here on this earth. That's all we see and that's all we think about most every second of the day is this life. But uh, this life is just a dot. I don't know how long it's been since we've done the dot on the line, but there's a, a dot, a little dot on the whiteboard, a little dot over here. Can you see it? And then there's a line. It just keeps going and going and going and going and going. All the way. It keeps going. Wraps around the world. Never stops. Uh, but dot is our life now on this earth. It's a little dot. It, it's, it's our world right now. It consumes us every, every second of the day. But there, there's an eternity. The line. It just keeps going and going. And then that's, that's our life forever. It's eternity. And so we can get wrapped up with this dot and consumed with this dot, but we've got to live for eternity. We've been raised with Christ. We have a new life. And if you're, if you're not saved, then that eternity is going to be in hell, paying for your sin. But if you have been saved, then it's amazing. You've been raised with Christ. You get this, this new earth uh, with him someday. New heavens, new earth. And we get eternity of serving our amazing God, imperfection. We, we struggle to serve him here. I struggle to serve him here. 
and in eternity we're going to be able to serve him perfectly. We're going to have no mixed motives, no, uh, no depression, no sin. And it's just going to be perfection in, in serving Christ. And we get to have no more sorrow, no more pain. Just the pure bliss of just seeing God face to face. Just looking into his eyes and just worshiping him. Praising him for who he is and what he's done. And just can't wait for that day. I hope you guys just can't wait for that day where you guys just get to be with him if you're if you're saved. That's some some days that you I long for it more than others. And I, as I feel bad whenever I long for that day, but that should be every day, right? We should be longing for for perfection and being with Christ every day. We've been raised with Him. We get a we get a new life with Him. And we've also been been seated with Him. We've been seated with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. As as believers, we have been seated with God. God, who has plucked this disgusting, unappealing person from the muck and the mire, he's raised us up with him, then seated us with him. We're, it to some degree, we're going to be ruling with him in heaven, in the new earth. That's, that's crazy. We get to be seated with him, seated both in, in some degree of authority, and then also just at his table. We get to be at his table as his, as his sons and daughters, his family. It's not just he's this far-off God who's, who's good and gracious and saves us, but he's seated us with him. We get to be with him in the new earth. And that's, that's, that's crazy that that, that God would, would do that for us. Crazy that you and I, if you're believers, someday we'll, we'll be sitting around a table with all these other believers, just worshiping, praising God, sitting sitting at the, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and just, just worshiping Him. He's right there with us. And now we would worship in faith, what we don't see. Then there'll be sight, and we'll, we'll be able to behold Him face to face. And that, that, day will, that day will be amazing. He is... He is a good father. I hope that you can see that in this passage. I hope that you guys can, you guys know that he is so good. Even on, on days where it's hard, even on days where it's it's bad, uh, he's a good God. Don't don't ever forget that. How much he has done for you, done for us, and especially this week, as we're as we're going into this, this Easter week. Resurrection Sunday coming up. Just really be thinking about that. Read passages. Go, go back in the Gospels and read those accounts of Christ riding in to Jerusalem on the donkey. Of uh, him talking with, with the people and them crying out, Hosanna! And then just a couple days later, the people shouting, crucify him. Read, read, all, read, these, read these accounts. Um, in preparation, prepare your minds for, for Sunday. The last verse, verse 10. We'll start, uh, I'll, I'll reread verse 9, verse 9 and 10. 
says, verse 9 says, not a result of works. This, this grace, this gift of God is not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is the Redeemer, Redeem's work. So this last section talks about works. I said earlier, we're not saved by works. Right? No amount of good that you could do could ever please God, could ever earn his favor. He's, if you're a believer, he's already fully satisfied with you. He already loves you to his fullest extent. Nothing you could do can, can change that. The good or the bad. If you're, if you're a believer, before Christ you've been forgiven, you're fully loved. But not saved by works, but we're saved for good works, it says. So they can't save us, but we're to do them, right? So how do you, how do, you do that? How do you not, it doesn't save you, but I'm, I'm supposed to do them now that I'm saved. So it, no, it doesn't affect our standing before God. Nothing we can do as believers affects our standing before God. But we are created, human beings were created to worship God, to serve God. That was our creation. Uh, at creation, that was our purpose, our, our command. And as believers, we get to fulfill that. We actually get to do these good works that God has laid out for us. That we get to serve our creator as we were meant to do. As salvation, um, I keep saying salvation is just not, not a check, checklist. It's not your ticket into heaven. And sometimes believers treat it as such. Say, oh yeah, I got saved. And I'm good. I'm good for eternity, right? I think that's great. But you weren't just saved so you could go to heaven and not have bad things happen to you. We're saved with a purpose. We're saved to worship Christ. We're saved to glorify him, bring him honor. Or, or there has to be a lifestyle change. He has saved you so that at your core, who you are, you change. You're not just the, the same person. You're not just like, punch your ticket to heaven, and then now you're good. You go back to how you were living before. No, there has to be a change. There has to be something inside you that repents of your sin, and now you're on a new path. Now you're on a path not to serve your own selfish motives, you're, you're here to serve Christ. You're here to bring him the glory he deserves. So how, do, how, does, that, how does that work out? How does, how does serving work out? It's, this, isn't, this isn't meant to be like a guilt trip. Like, Here's my tag to serve more. Um, not, not meant to guilt trip you, right? Because we are, we are saved and we are perfectly loved and perfectly... Um, Forgiven, but there needs to be more people serving in the church. Right? You, you you look around uh, the church, and it's like the same faces there and there and there. It's just the same faces in all the ministries. Uh, just getting recycled, recycled, and everybody else is just there. <laughs> like great, hi, got to see you, and then you're just walking out the door. Uh, but that's how, that's how it happens in church. People come there to be entertained. Entertain me. Um, or they're just like busy with their life and they know a church is important and they'll come and they'll, and they'll, they'll be here. 
But then that's it, because life is busy, life is important, and they have their own stuff going on. As believers, we have, we have a greater purpose. Right? We're the body of Christ, which is meant to be serving one another, caring for one another, ministering to one another. And, and there's, there's so many different ways to do that. Even, even here in TYG, you can, you can be doing that. There's uh, chairs to be done. There's uh, pencils to be passed out. There's people to talk to and to care about and to love. There's, there's so many different ways of, of ministering and, and doing these good works that God has laid out for us. We just, just got to do them. And sometimes it, it can be hard, right? You don't know, like, oh, I don't know what my gifting is. I don't know what I'm good at. Then the only way you know is you fail. You got you try something and you suck at it. You're horrible and you're bad, but you tried, and that's not for you. So now you go on to something else that you can be, you might be good at. But it's it's not about fear of failure, right? You got you have to serve. We're just commanded to love those around us, to serve our holy God. And that, and that might take multiple tries, multiple ministries, and maybe you just, you're bad at it, but you get better at it. You get better at it, and, it, and it's something that you can, can grow in. I've tried many ministries. I've been in a lot of different ministries. I'm really bad at some of them. Um, not good. Um, but you, you try, and you find different things you can be in, and... and and you're not the best at it. That's something that you can lie to yourself with and just say, I mean, yeah, but there's somebody who's so much better. And you're like, yeah, maybe I can teach, but there's somebody who's so much better at teaching her. Or, the, or this, this person's just so much better at, at counseling or talking to this person. They just do it so much better than I can. And like, I, I, they'll, I'll let other people do it because they're, they're better than me. That's, that's false humility. Who cares if they're better? Just, you can do it too. You can serve and you can, you can take those opportunities that God gives you. We, we, can, we can squander those opportunities sometimes uh, that God has given us. Maybe it's you feel in your, in your soul like, oh, I should really share the gospel with this person right now. And you're like, oh, but it's not, it's not the perfect time. I'll, I'll just wait for the perfect time. Uh, and, just, and then they leave and it's gone and you lost that opportunity. Or there's you see so like someone needs some help like oh I could help them but uh, it'd be awkward if I just jump in there right now or just uh, maybe somebody else oh oh, oh sorry the moment's passed um, just, just jump on it just take take advantage of it be awkward jump in there if you see someone needs help just jump in there be awkward it's fine um, serve help ask ask people hey how can I help you how can I serve how can I how can I love you how can I be praying for you. These are, these, are, these are good things to be doing as a body. We need each other. Even in this small body, this, this TYG body, uh, you can serve the greater body, grace, or the greater body of uh, churches out there. Uh, but we can also be serving each other in here, just seeking out ways to, to better minister to each other and to do these, these works that God has saved us to do. You guys are... Uh, you see that there's a lot of people getting older at church. You have a lot of young people and a lot of old people. Eh, a little bit of in-between people. Uh, so there's, there's, there's going to be a good uh, opportunity to serve as you guys are graduating out of TYG. You're getting older in the church. 
there's, there's a little bit of gap. There'll be a lot of old people who are going to be phasing out of ministry, and there's going to be lots of opportunities to, to jump in there and to uh, serve. And we, we bring up a lot that you guys are the, the next generation of leaders. Like this is this is something that you guys need to be considering and, and praying about. It's like, how can I serve? How can, how can I minister to the people that God has placed in my life? That's, that's something that we need to be walking in. We're not just saved and zombies and passing on um, in life, but we're, we're saved for a greater purpose, not for my own selfish desires and in, in, in maybe in just in wanting a house and just like striving for a house or, the, or different good things or a car or whatever it is. Uh, those are good, good things. And maybe you'll get it someday. I don't know. Maybe you'll get the things that you desire someday, college or uh, a girlfriend or boyfriend or uh, a nice sweet ride. But maybe, maybe not. But that, that's not the most important thing. There's things to be praying about for sure, um, things to be looking after. But, but God has, has laid up for us better things. He has given us an eternal home with him in heaven. He has given us his, we are part of his family. And we get all these brothers and sisters around us to help us and comfort us. And we get to get to serve. Get to serve a good, gracious God. So as as we're as I'm closing here, just meditate on on Christ and the work he's done. He was, he was lifted up for us on that cross. He was slain so that we might be forgiven of all of our sin. When you, when you catch yourself in sin, don't just beat yourself up about it, but just, or just think of it as nothing, inconsequential. But think, but think about Christ. Think about he died for that sin. It was a serious sin before him, but he has saved you. He has forgiven you of it. And he loves you deeply. He loves you so much. And that's, that's where our hearts and minds need to go. When we, when we think about our sin, it has to go back to Christ. And we're, we're thinking about how we are going to live our life today when we wake up in the morning. It's not just about my agenda, what I want to do. It's like, what would Christ have me do? Now that I, if you're a believer, now that I'm saved, how would Christ have me live my life? What, what good works are there for me today that I can do to, to honor Christ, to love him, because he's loved me so much? If you're not a believer, uh, I would just encourage you to, to be saved. Like there's, there's nothing to wait for. I, when I was a... Uh, unbeliever, I used to think like, oh wait, I know that this is true. I know that this is right and good. There is a good God, and He's died and, and provided a way of salvation, and I'll, I'll do that someday when I'm old. I've enjoyed my life. That's uh, not something that would ever happen, right? It's it's not a, a true thing. You never know when you will die. You could drive home from here tonight, die. You could you could. Die 10 years from now, 30 years from now. You don't know when you're going to go. 
There's, there's no reason to wait or things that would hold you back. It's just give your life to Christ. Just look at him. Ask him for his salvation that he gives freely. I ask that you guys do that if you're not a believer here tonight. Let me close this in prayer. God, you are so good. You have saved us from so much, Lord. We don't deserve any of your grace. We don't deserve to be raised with you. We don't deserve eternal life. We don't deserve to be seated with you in the heavenly places, Lord. But yet you do it anyways. You provided that free gift of salvation in your Son. Lord, I pray that as, as we're reflecting on your sacrifice this week with Good Friday and Easter Sunday, I pray that, that our hearts and minds would be turned there. That we would just soak in and just meditate on how much you have saved us from. How good you are. You deserve our worship, Lord. I pray that we would give it to you. Lord, I pray that our lives would not be used just for, for our own vain pursuits that are just here and gone in a blink of an eye, just a dot. But I pray that our hearts be, that our lives would be used for something much greater. They would be used for you and your kingdom. That we would not live for the dot in this momentary life, but we would live for eternity. We would live for you. You are what this life is about. And I pray, pray that is reflected in how we live. Lord, when I when I forget you and I when I stray from you, Lord, I pray that you just bring me back to this, that you bring us all back to Christ, and that our hearts would just be drawn to this passage, to other passages in Scripture, and we would see how much you have loved us. Lord, I pray, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, guys upstairs for discussion groups, girls here.